Mr. Castle? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Mr. Fritz? Here. Dr. Hattier? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Ms. Moses? Here. Mr. Peden? Mrs. Pryor? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. We have a quorum. We have a motion to go into executive session. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Now in executive session. I'd like to reconvene the uh, public session, 706. Approval of the agenda for September the 27th. Is there a motion to approve the uh, agenda for September 27th? So moved. Motion second. made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Can we please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Is there approval for the regular meeting minutes from August the 23rd? So moved. There's a motion. Is there a second? Yep. Without a second, we'll not be taking a vote. We're not going to approve the meeting minutes for the August 23rd board meeting. Is there approval for the executive session minutes from the August 23rd meeting? Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion from the executive session minutes? Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Public comment 4.01. Mrs. Carter? I want to start by saying I'm vaccinated and my position on masking is a loss of local control. I'm here tonight to thank the board for their no confidence vote and provide you with information to confirm your decision was sound. As you are probably aware, I submitted a FOIA to IRSC in August to determine how many COVID cases occurred in summer school in light of having no masks. You graciously provided that information quickly. That data showed three straight weeks of zero cases for both staff and students, followed by three weeks with six total student cases when data from those three weeks were combined. When I received this information, I submitted a FOIA to the state for all district data. This first was sent to DOE and then made its way to DPH. DPH would not provide the data, as you may have seen in a news article covering this, stating as one reason for not tracking the data being that summer school wasn't a large enough sample. As I am sure you know, IRSD alone had 2,323 summer school students, representing approximately one in four students in the district attending summer school. I petitioned this denial and received a statement from the Deputy Attorney General on Friday. There is a vendor that works with the state to operate My Healthy Community website who has access to the electronic reporting and surveillance system database, which is populated with every COVID test and case in Delaware. However, according to the Deputy Attorney General, quote, the Division of Public Health has confirmed 
that the vendor has destroyed any previous report that would be responsive to Dr. Carter's requests. My request was the exact reports that they created last year, COVID case accounts by district and week. DPH says they will now work with the vendor to add historical data back to the website, but in the middle of a pandemic that has shut down schools, put a public health emergency in place, and has taken away local control, destroying the data reports is very alarming. When were the reports destroyed? By whom? Were they already destroyed and therefore not used when the state imposed a statewide mask mandate in all K-12 schools? My questioning is ruffling feathers. DOE has since publicly posted my personal cell phone and home address to their website and it took the threat of legal action for them to take it down. In addition, any email I have sent, they now post as being, quote, public comment to the mask mandate. These are emails to which many of you have replied, yet only mine have made it to public comment. I know you risk losing funding, and I know you risk losing your insurance when you don't follow statewide mandates. However, this information I have received is troublesome, and at what point does your moral compass outweigh your budget concerns? Get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Nothing changes if nothing changes. The money changing tables outside of the temple did not flip over on their own. Are you allowed to destroy data reports? I think we all know the answer to that. Thank you. Is there anyone else for public comment this evening? Mrs. Carter was the only one that has signed up. Hearing none, <clears throat> moving on to new business. School choice applications for the 2021-22 school year, September 2021. Mr. Lewis. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> You will be kind enough to look at your board docs this evening. You will see a total of 14 school choice applications. They have been vetted by the building principals, and we are asking to accept all 14 of these applications. Are there any questions for Mr. Lewis? Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion second. made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by <laughs> unanimous vote. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. 5.02, DelDot Traffic Impact Study, Sussex Central High School and future DelDot projects. Yes, thank you, Mr. Layfield. We are pleased to have with us tonight Deputy Secretary and Chief Engineer from DelDot, Ms. Shante Hastings. She was very gracious to uh, respond to our request to present to the board um, last month, and we had to defer to this month, so we are glad she is with us, and we thank her for the information. Uh, board members, you should be able to find Ms. Hastings' presentation on board docs under 5.02. Good evening, everyone. I'm happy to be here as a resident in the school uh, district. Um, so I, I'm here to present two different uh, subject matters, if you will. Um, first, I'm going to concentrate on projects that are located within the district, the major projects that we have um, that we're either working on or are coming up the pike and then to talk a little bit about the traffic impact study. Um, so I have a snapshot of the uh, district boundary um, from our system, and I know one of the uh, questions that came in was that you didn't have, a, you could see projects on our website but couldn't quite tell the district boundary, so I'm happy to share some information on how to be able to get kind of both of those pieces of information on one map. Um, but I'll start with the 113 corridor. 
um, we have several different, uh, we call them grade separations. Um, so that's where you build a bridge to either take the side road over 113 in this case, or to take 113 over the side road. Um, so you see those up and down uh, Route 1 um, in Kent County um, near the Air Force Base, um, in Frederica near the uh, soccer fields at Thompsonville Road. So um, we have a bunch of those planned. Basically, we need to preserve the uh, capacity along 113. In order to do that, we have to remove uh, the traffic signals. Um, because they are, at the end of the day, causing kind of that bottleneck. Um, so at 113 and 404, we have one proposed. Uh, we are currently acquiring right-of-way for that project, and we expect it to go to construction in 2024. Um, we also have one proposed at 113 and 20, the northern end where the BP station is, um, and that also ties into our Millsboro uh, bypass project. Um, that project we are also acquiring right-of-way right now. It will go to construction in 2023. We also have a widening planned on 113, so when we uh, did the 113 north-south study a decade or so ago, um, what we realized is that just building the North Millsboro Bypass doesn't get us out of the congestion in downtown Millsboro, so we actually need to widen 113 as well and add a third lane in each direction. So that project is in our uh, capital plan, um, and we will begin design on it in fiscal year 23, which would be basically next summer. We also have a grade separation planned at 113 and Route 9, um, and that project is a little bit further off. These last three all begin design in fiscal year 27, which would be the summer of 2026. Um, so there's one planned at 113 and 9, 113 and Shortley Road, as well as 113 and Avenue of Honor. Um, and one thing to also note um, on the 113 corridor is we do have two new uh, signals that will be going in. Um, one at uh, Governor Stokely and one at Avenue of Honor. Avenue of Honor will be temporary until we can get the grade separation in. Um, so those are in design now. I don't have a schedule for them just yet, um, but those are on the horizon as well. Um, basically, from a safety standpoint as well as a um, capacity standpoint, we need to add those signals in uh, now to address those issues while we ultimately uh, have our plan agreed separate. So switching gears to the Route 24 corridor, um, we have uh, many projects planned, but when I focus uh, within the district, there's just a few that I'll highlight. So the 24, 5, and 23 intersection, which is my favorite intersection because I live right there, um, it is under construction right now um, to uh, lengthen some turn lanes, add some uh, pedestrian facilities, um, and do, do some widening. Uh, so that project is uh, scheduled to be complete in the fall of 2022, so a year from now. The uh, Route 24 and Mount Joy intersection as well as the Route 24 and Bay Farm Road intersections, um, they're one combined project, two separate intersections. Um, those we actually have uh, utility relocations going on right now, and we are scheduled to go to construction in the next six months or so. Um, and that would be complete in the spring of 2023. And those are full, if you're familiar with those intersections, they either have very substandard turn lanes or in some cases don't have turn lanes for all the different movements. And so we'll be widening out to really provide uh, that, that area so turning vehicles can get out of the way of through vehicles and we can move vehicles more efficiently. We also have a Route 24 paving project coming up through Millsboro. Um, the pavement condition has just deteriorated over time, and so we are uh, repaving um, through Millsboro. We also recently did a, a right turn lane in front of Wawa, um, and that seems to have helped uh, some of the capacity issues at that intersection. And I talked a little bit about North Millsboro Bypass, so um, that's a project that basically takes you from just uh, west of Mount Air and will link up with the 113 and 20 intersection where that BP is. So that's a new road um, on new alignment. Uh, that will be uh, constructed, and that project is uh, scheduled to begin construction in 2023. And we expect that that project will alleviate some of that congestion in downtown that happens multiple times a day. Um, so 
Switching gears to the Route 9 corridor, um, we have the uh, Georgetown East Gateway Project, also known as US 9 Airport and Sand Hill Road intersection. Um, so that's underway now. We expect to have construction complete uh, in the spring. And so we are uh, trying to get our turn lanes back in on Route 9. It's been a, a little bit of a roller coaster um, over the last few weeks as school has kicked back up. Um, but we were able to stripe in a left turn lane in the westbound direction, and hopefully we'll get that uh, eastbound turn lane in soon. And then we have the two Park Avenue relocation projects. Um, so phase one is actually uh, slated to go to construction in the next few months, um, and you'll actually start seeing utility relocations happening this fall for that project. That actually takes Park Avenue um, off alignment and realigns it with Aerosafety Road. Um, and so trucks will no longer have to do that jog of making the left onto Bedford Street right onto Aerosafety. Um, it'll be a, a direct link there. And then the second phase of uh, Park Avenue is a widening and adding some uh, intersection improvements at several intersections, including the US 9 and Park Avenue uh, intersection. That project is a little bit uh, further out. So phase one is slated to be in construction this winter, complete in 2023. Um, phase two is scheduled to basically begin construction on the heels of phase one in 2023 and be complete in 2025. Um, and we're in the process of acquiring right-of-way for that second phase um, of the project. And I would like to highlight that we do have a virtual workshop um, for the phase two project. So you can go on to dell.gov and if you go down to public workshops, um, it will be online. So all of the materials will be posted from today through October 26th um, and, and commenting can happen during that time. And we'll do a live Q&A session on October the 13th from four to seven um, via Zoom. And then we are also uh, affording the opportunity for any property owners who may not have uh, access to um, the internet to be able to come into our Georgetown office at a scheduled time if they have questions. And then the last uh, corridor is the Route 50 corridor, of uh, Route 54, sorry. Um, so we do have a roundabout proposed at 54 and Hudson Road. That's in the very early stages, so I don't have a lot of information in terms of schedule for that one. We also have a uh, bridge replacement project. Um, so that's going to be a pretty significant uh, project. We are using an alternative contracting method called construction manager general contractor, where we actually bring the um, contractor in during design so that they can help us plan for the constructability issues, plan for the environmental permitting, all of those things. And so that project will, um, that design portion of the bid will go out to, um, to bid in this, later this fall. Um, and so we'll bring the contractor on We'll have tons of public meetings, um, but we have some opportunities to do some innovation in terms of potentially um, doing a, a accelerated bridge construction to be able to deliver the project faster, because obviously the Route 54 corridor is very important and uh, heavily traveled. We also have the uh, Southeast Sussex study, and I put the link there. Um, so we're looking at a bunch of roads, including Route 54, and what types of improvements need to be done in that area. So what the department is trying to do is really have a plan for most areas throughout the county, throughout the state, so that we know, based on current land use as well as potential land use, what the transportation improvements, um, what transportation improvements are needed so that we can start filtering all of those into our uh, capital plan. Um, and then the final slide, final two slides in this uh, segment, I've uh, posted, so we have on dell.gov slash projects. You can actually look up any project that we have ongoing. You can search it by one word. So when I pulled up the information for the Mount Joy intersection, I just typed in Joy, and it filters it. And you can find the project. You can find the schedule. If we have concept plans done, that information is there, the project description, et cetera. So you have it at your fingertips at all points in time. So I just wanted to share that with you. 
And then um, one more meeting to share is that we are in the process of uh, getting public comment on our six-year capital transportation plan. And so we have our Sussex County workshop actually this Wednesday um, from 4 to 6 p.m. Again, it's uh, virtual, so you can just zoom in. Um, if you go to our website, you can get the login information and the meeting ID and passcode is also found on this slide as well. So I wanted to share that information. Do you want me to pause for questions? Sure. We have a couple questions for the board. Ma'am, I would just like to start off <clears throat> by saying this uh, request was made in the July board meeting and you were available for the August board meeting but we took it outside because of, of certain venues and uh, I wanted to thank you for your availability immediately within a month of the request that you were available and I apologize that we had to push you off till this month but I think it's outstanding that you're here and given this uh, you're so responsive for being here and talking about all these intersections because these are concerns that we're you know focused on in and around especially what we're building with Howard Tiennes and Sussex Central High School. Um, I don't have a, a question right now. I will have a question at the end as far as cost and some of the improvements to the roadways, what's, what's being covered by the state and what's being pushed back on the school district, though we see several of these areas. And I'm so happy to hear Governor Stokely and Avenue of Honor and the lights that are getting done as soon as possible before these projects get started. So open it up to the board. Are there any questions so far? Thank you, ma'am. Okay, and I failed to mention, so the 113 corridor, um, we have a plan for the entire corridor from Milford all the way to the state line, um, and that plan is a half billion dollars to deliver all of those projects, some that I didn't mention tonight, um, but some that I did, um, and we are spending, I want to say the number is 1.2 billion in all of Sussex over the next six years, that's what's programmed in our plan, so um, we are committed to making improvements in Sussex County, um, as somebody who lives down here I advocate as much as I can, um, because obviously with the growth that we're experiencing, there, there are definitely upgrades that are needed. All right, so switching gears to the traffic impact study, so just wanted to give kind of a brief overview of why we do them. Um, so anytime there's a proposed development, change in land use, um, we do an assessment to see what intersections near that development are going to be impacted. We look at queuing, so how many vehicles might be stacking at different intersections, and any kind of safety issues, whether they be existing safety issues or issues that may arise as a result of the increase in traffic volumes. Um, the TIS is done, uh, and the findings basically lead to potential improvements that are needed for the transportation network. So um, just a, a quick, a few tidbits on what happened. So in this case, you've hired a consultant to uh, do the traffic impact study. There are cases where we actually do the study and uh, the developer pays us to do it. Um, you, we've done a scoping meeting already. Um, traffic counts have been done and submitted and approved. Um, the, and as well as a preliminary traffic impact study has also been submitted as of uh, September 23rd last week. Um, so the department has uh, 15 business days to review that preliminary report and either uh, suggest revisions, changes to it, or accept it. Um, once it is accepted, then the consultant will start working towards the final TIS report. Um, there will be a letter that's generated that basically says, here's the data and here's what's needed to address the transportation issues related to the development. There's a little bit of back and forth in there, um, and then ultimately the, the final TIS review letter is submitted uh, to, to the developer. Um, so if you go to the next slide, you're at this preliminary TIS report stage right now, so 
um, I believe we'll have comments back to your engineer no later than October the 14th. Um, and hopefully, if there aren't uh, significant comments, you can go ahead and move on to the final TIS report. So in that report, it will uh, detail which intersections are impacted by the increased traffic. Um, so I think in talking with uh, Mr. Booth, he said that there would be around 3,400 maybe students on the campus once all of it is built out. And so we have to look at that and say how many students are arriving by bus, how many are driving themselves, how many are being dropped off by their parents, and that's part of what that traffic analysis does. And then ultimately says, okay, these surrounding intersections, um, do they need turn lanes? or a roundabout or you know, other safety improvements. And so that's what that, um, uh, the TIS review letter will shed light on. Um, so we don't have that information yet. Your consultant is uh, feverishly working on that um, and is also trying to work on the plan side of things to make sure everything uh, lines up correctly. Um, We've had this scenario, we actually have this very similar scenario going on now where we have a school district uh, in Newcastle County um, on, a, on a major road actually where we have a grade separation proposed. And as of right now, as part of their TIS process, um, they are going to be required to do some type of contribution to that project. Um, we don't have the, so basically it's based on the percentage of traffic that you're um, sending to that intersection um, as the proposed development. So that's typically how it works. I think there's opportunity for all of us to work together earlier on as you're looking at these new schools um, to see if we can better budget and then better partner on delivering the projects because we are uh, bound by our capital program. We have a prioritization process that's in code. We have a council that reviews all of those things. So we don't have the ability to slide in a project that wasn't part of our plan. Um, so I think we do need to coordinate um, at, a, at a state level really across all of the school districts to figure out the best way to deliver these transportation improvements in conjunction with proposed schools that are happening. So I'll pause there. Any questions? You can go on. That's all I've got. What? Thank you very much. I think it was a great presentation to let us know what's going on. But I, I do have a little bit of a question. I think you kind of in your closing, I think you covered some of it. But um, obviously, we're, I like the budget partnership you're talking about. <laughs> but as a school district, we're worried about the cost. And what I'm hearing is some of your major projects you're already moving forward with and are based upon the needs currently in the community. So the cost that the district will have to in this budget sharing partnership would be what we're causing to these existing programs. Not so much, a lot of the things you stated are very much needed in the area. Familiar with this area, these roadways, it's awesome to see this money being spent where it's needed. I just want to make sure as a district that this budget partnership is not something we're sharing the cost for whatever, what's already needed, that what we're having to put a bill on is what we're causing to these existing areas. Correct. So we, we have a budget for most of these projects. It's a, in some cases, if it's very early on, it's very preliminary. Um, but we have traffic data, and then we can take the traffic data that, from your site to say, here's how much you're generating, and what percentage are you sending to this specific intersection. So we have that information. That's what your consultant has been putting together. And so yes, it would be that portion that you're contributing to the intersection. Um, percentage of traffic that you would then be responsible in terms of cost. Thank you. Any more questions from the board? Yeah, actually I do. If we're going to be doing cost sharing, is that something we have built into our proposal and in the budget money that we requested from the public? 
In other words, we have X millions of dollars we're getting for the buildings. Was there a uh, was there an allowance in there to cost share? And I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I think it's probably a good idea that we do. Okay, but is this something that we planned in advance for? And how would that impact our budget, which is already strained right now because of all the price increases? Uh, I could defer to our builders that are here tonight. Uh, Brad from R.Y. Johnson may be able to help us with that. Thank you. Uh, good evening. Uh, yeah, I can speak to that. In our preliminary budget, uh, we do have some monies in the site work package for what we believe will be some improvements in and around uh, the school, uh, Patriots Way, Avenue of Honor. So we've made some estimates along that along that to build some monies into that. Okay. Uh, I don't have that exact figure right now, nope. but it's in the site work. So, you know, the number of schools that we do, we know things are going to be needed along sidewalks, walkways, improvements. So we, we have a pretty good handle on, on what happens. So hopefully we're we're pretty close to what those uh, what those numbers are going to ultimately become. Okay, thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thanks for that explanation. Anything further? Ma'am, sincerely, thank you. I think it's awesome within a month you were willing to come down and speak to the district here, and it's, I think it's great we have local ties, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Five point oh three, twenty twenty one, twenty two 2021 22 uh, enrollment update. Yes, I wanted to provide the board with a an update as September 30th will round out our unit count process this week. So our schools have been working hard to monitor the students in attendance and track down students that may not be in attendance. Uh, as of this afternoon, we have 10,675 students currently enrolled that may fluctuate a little bit over the next couple days. That is as of this afternoon. Uh, as a point of uh, reference here, last year our official enrollment was 10,592, and in 2019 our enrollment was 10,943. So I will have the official uh, enrollment count for you next month. Any questions with the enrollment update? Hearing none, 5.04, COVID leave extension? Yes, if I could ask uh, Mrs. Bunting to join us. Uh, earlier this month, we received a letter, as did all districts in the state, from the Office of Management and Budget in reference to our ability to extend the uh, leave to our employees for 10 days when it's related to uh, the leave is related to COVID-19. So we have uh, provided you some information within your board docs as well as that letter, and uh, Mrs. Bunting has drafted some frequently asked questions that may, we may have around the potential for this extension as well as our procedures. And uh, we would ask for board action on that this evening. But uh, Mrs. Bunting, could you give us an overview of the letter and our process? Certainly. On September 7th, um, OMB Director Cade sent out a memorandum enabling districts to approve COVID leave extension. It's done per district. That allows for 10 additional days for employees to be used for a variety of reasons related to COVID. So I've attached the memorandum. I also attached a procedure that I drafted and we looked at at cabinet today. And it goes through um, the procedure purpose statement and scope, the definitions, 
and basically similar to last year, last year it was under the FFCRA, the Federal Family Leave Act, this is an extension. It allows our employees to access 10 additional COVID days. It would go through December 31st and each district has the option to retro it back to the first work day or to start it and move forward. Number one, we're recommending that it be retroed back to July 1 for 12-month employees and it be retroed back to August 30th for 10-month employees. That was our first returning teacher day. It also lists the reasons an employee can access those days related to COVID and those reasons are listed for you. Do you want me to go over the reasons, Dr. Owens? The first one is if an employee is subject to a federal, state, or local quarantine related to COVID. Number two, if an employee has been advised by a healthcare provider to self-quarantine related to concerns for COVID. Number three, if an employee is experiencing symptoms of COVID and is seeking a medical diagnosis. Number four, is caring for his or her child whose school or childcare is closed or otherwise unavailable due to COVID. Number five, caring for an individual who's affected by the first three items that I just mentioned. The person must be an immediate family member or someone who regu regularly resides in the covered individual's home, in the employee's home. Number six, if an employee's been exposed to COVID and is seeking or awaiting test results or the district has requested a test or diagnosis. Number seven is obtaining the COVID-19 vaccination or number eight is recovering from an injury, illness or condition resulting from a COVID-19 vaccination. So those are the potential reasons that an employee would be eligible under this COVID leave extension. Um, I also attached, if the board approves this evening, frequently asked questions that would go out to our staff related to this. There would also be a request leave form similar to the way we did it last year, and we would track the reasons and require documentation. Do I have any questions? Is it 10 days total for the calendar year, or is it 10 days with each occurrence? It's 10 days total and it expires December 31. Um, if the days are not used, they're forfeited and you cannot extend them past December 31st. Let's say my occurrence starts on December 29th. It just goes to the 31st and it would not go past that. Any other questions? What would be the reason, I guess, what would be the reason of only going to December 31st. That's what was allowed in the state document. Okay. That's the parameters we were given from the state. So they might the calendar year. They might come back later and do something more for the next after the new year, maybe. Um, or right now we're told December 31st. So okay. that's where we are, and we'd be asking the board to take a vote on this this evening if if the board agrees to use those days. The state pays for 100% of the substitutes on this for the COVID leave days. And this is uniform throughout the state being offered to the school districts. We're just taking a vote to allow it here. Yes, 
the only change with each school district um, is the start date to date any of the districts who have had board meetings and approved it it's all been approved through districts to date not, not every district had a board meeting yet after this has come out any more questions mr. Fritz you just look like you have a question tonight. no I'm just thinking is there a motion to uh, accept the leave extension so moved. motion second. made and second any further discussion second. all those in favor say aye. aye aye those opposed passes by unanimous vote thank you thank you ma'am 5.05 in school COVID testing yes we've had some questions about the availability of COVID testing we have not taken advantage of in school COVID testing to date uh, we have been monitoring our options and they, they do remain available for in school uh, testing for COVID uh, on a uh, opt-in basis with our students uh, what we have researched is they are free there is a co comprehensive rapid COVID-19 testing service uh, are available to schools through DOE in conjunction with the Delaware Division of Public Health and the Quidel Corporation these services test asymptomatic students and staff members on a routine basis once schools enroll DPH and Quidel handle the, uh, the implementation of this through a turnkey process so I did want to put this out to the board again for potential action if the board wants to um, act that we would move forward with this or that we do not want to at this time I will say we do post um, on our social media where testing sites are available outside of school and we do use our school facilities uh, after hours um, and I believe there are some during hours outside of school just in the parking lot I believe Indian River High School utilizes um, some testing on Wednesdays but we have not offered testing in-house to date and I know Mrs. Blander has done some research on uh, Quidel if we do have any specific questions any questions concerns we say it's free it's free to the public but there's a cost being paid for by the state of Delaware for these companies to provide this mm -hmm. and uh, quite a cost is what I'm understanding mm -hmm. so that uh, that cost is the state of Delaware is paying that company and uh, I'm of the opinion that we uh, don't use our schools for medical facilities there's plenty of available options that are out there for uh, the public to get tested outside of the school district rather than bringing it in so this is an action item do we have anybody that would like to make a motion to approve COVID testing within our schools is this testing just for our students or is this actually open to the public no this would just be for the students I'll ask again is there any motion to move forward with utilizing our schools for COVID testing no motion no need to move forward 5.06 architect uh, schematic design for the new Sussex Central High School yes thanks as mr. Booth makes his way to the podium um, we do have with us tonight well as presented at buildings and grounds uh, this month were the schematic designs and last month uh, for the new Sussex Central High School with us tonight are the architects to present to the full board for consideration the proposed schematic design including uh, what's offered in board docs uh, you will see the budget is there as well as our schedule to date 
uh, Carl Cronin from H ABHA plus A is going to walk us through the, the schematics there, as you'll see, are, are posted for us. Uh, and after the presentation, you'll have an opportunity for questions. Um, and we would need a motion to approve the schematic design and alternates as presented. I would like to also welcome Brad Cohen from R.Y. Johnson & Sons, as well as other members of our ABHA uh, team to present to us tonight. And at this time, I'd like to turn it to Mr. Booth. Thank you. Um, we would have liked to put both of the uh, drawings and the written part onto the board docs, but the drawings were too large of a document to, to uh, send. So that's why you see the schematics up here uh, in pictures. As Dr. Owen said, this is an actual item and we're hoping to get approval for this so then they can move on to the design stage uh, of the project. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over to uh, Carl and, and his team. Great, thank you to the board for having us here uh, this evening. And I think we'll move over to the boards themselves because I think uh, Dr. Owens and Mr. Booth gave a, uh, uh, a good enough introduction to why we're here tonight. Um, so if you just bear with me. Again, the drawings that you're seeing here were presented actually at the last two uh, facilities meetings uh, and, and that was well attended by several board members. So we'll keep the description uh, to, uh, to a very high level. Um, there, what you're looking at here uh, is, the, is the main level or the first floor plan uh, of the new complex. Uh, the gray area uh, next to Maureen uh, is the uh, existing middle school uh, with, as has been discussed before, uh, the uh, uh, career tech area is being repurposed uh, for, uh, for an expansion of the performing arts uh, component, excuse me, uh, uh, for that. And then everything uh, towards me is new construction uh, with uh, an academic wing uh, to the bottom the yellow area is the athletic wing, uh, and, the, and sort of the uh, pink-purple area uh, is career tech, with the green area uh, being the cafeteria and food services uh, component. Uh, the, uh, uh, there's been this, a good bit of discussion about alternates. Uh, in order to bring the project to within budget, uh, to allow you to approve it, there have been a s several requests that were made during the previous uh, programming phase uh, that do not, uh, do not fall within the budget. And we've talked about those. Those are listed within the board docs and we'd be happy to go uh, through those individually. Uh, but one of the most significant ones uh, is, is uh, the base bid allows for the, uh, the field, as you see it here, for a new kind of main stadium. However, uh, the alternative uh, is for an expansion of the athletic locker rooms and stadium seating. Uh, that's one of the larger alternates. Um, but the school will be completely operational without that. It basically is an enhancement for, uh, to take the place of the athletics component that currently exists uh, in the high school. Um, uh, and again, I won't through, go through each one of the alternates. Uh, I think the most significant ones really happen on the second floor, um, and, but that gives you kind of an overview. Before we move to that, I do want to show you the site plan, which is this board right here. Thank you. <coughs> Uh, again, now we're, we're kind of much further back, and this is very diagrammatic, uh, but again, you see the existing, uh, existing school, which will be converted to Millsboro Middle School, uh, the addition of a, of a two- and three-story building for the, for the new high school component uh, connected by the, uh, the performing arts component. Uh, there's a relocation of the uh, baseball fields, 
and softball fields, which currently are right where uh, the new building is proposed. Uh, so those are being relocated. And then some of the other fields that, that improvements that are happening around it are an alternate price uh, if, if budget allows. Uh, I want to emphasize that any of these alternates are not, you know, that we, were st we are designing them, we are bidding them, and the hope is that uh, through either additional funding or a good bid day that summer all of these can come back in the project. But at this point, we need to present a project to you that is, that is ostensibly within budget. And then we'll move to the second floor. And Maureen's going to speak to that. Thank you. Uh, as Carl had mentioned, there is um, what repeats on the second and third floors is a large academic bar of um, classrooms. Uh, I just wanted to point out, so on the second level, we have um, a large area of academic classrooms. In the purple and pink, we have some additional CTE areas as well. Uh, we have some athletic components on the second floor um, in addition. Uh, and one area that we wanted to point out, as Carl had said, um, there's a, a high priority, uh, and we realize that this is a high priority to us as well. Uh, the science classrooms is currently listed as an alternate. Um, we are working through the process and working through to stay within budget. Um, we certainly want to be able to accommodate state-of-the-art um, labs in the base bid. So we're working through that as we continue through the design process. Um, but that is currently held as an alternate. Uh, and then you'll see what repeats on the third floor, again, more academic spaces. Uh, and just to make a note um, that in all of these academic areas and CTE areas, there are a lot of collaborative spaces. So it allows for learning to happen everywhere within the building and just and outside of those you know, four classroom walls. So um, hard to see on these plans, but that's integrated throughout um, these all of the levels within the building as well. And then Sean is going to speak to the exterior elevations. And one thing I want to say that the schematic design phase, which is where we're uh, requesting approval tonight, is not the last time that we're going to be before you and not the last time we're going to be discussing uh, the overall budget of the project. Uh, with your approval tonight, we will move into the design development phase and request approval at the end of that. And then we'll move into the actual construction document, the full design phases, and then we'll be approval as we move into bid. So there'll be multiple opportunities for us to come back. Um, to, be, to continue to work to, to get as much of the project, uh, uh, requested project with, within, within, uh, within able to be built. So um, this is just really our first official kind of uh, milestone uh, to go before you, uh, before we present these to DDOE, uh, which this, this, this approval is required for us to uh, kind of move forward into the next phase with DDOE as well. And Sean's gonna speak about the uh, exterior of the building. Uh, right, so these are some uh, very preliminary massing studies of the new building against the existing high school. Uh, this image here kind of shows the, the new school in the foreground uh, next to the, the existing high school to get a sense of scale and size of what we're proposing. Um, next to that, you'll see an image kind of looking uh, perpendicular to Avenue of Honor. Uh, that's the new gymnasium. There's a courtyard between those two spaces and the new academic wing with the existing school in the, in the background there. Uh, at the bottom here, we have a view of the, the back of the school, uh, existing high school on this end, new high school uh, towards that, that side there. 
uh, bus parking along the, the, the back of the school um, in this view. And then uh, in this scheme over here, you're just seeing a couple close-up views. Uh, this would be your new uh, elevation of the new school along Patriots Way. Uh, this is a blow-up of that view here. Uh, you're seeing that's a three-story uh, academic wing that we're proposing. Uh, in the back of the school, kind of where the bus parking uh, exists, would be a new entrance for the theater, and that would be your new main theater uh, entrance. Uh, the fenestration the is still very schematic. Uh, we're trying to propose something that is very similar to uh, schools within the district and to uh, communicate back with, with the existing uh, high school. It's a very large project. There's a lot to cover here. We wanted to get as much uh, broadly viewed uh, to this. Uh, but if there's anything else you'd like to ask about the drawings, uh, actually, before we do that, uh, Mr. Callan is also here, and he's going to speak about the uh, the budget and the schedule. And then I think we can take questions uh, about the overall project. Okay. Thanks, Carl. Good evening again. Uh, in your board docs, you'll see that there is a, uh, I believe there's a schedule and also a budget summary which lists all the alternates as Carl mentioned earlier. So the building that you see this evening, what they've presented is within base bid. So within the funding that you have of 146 million, uh, we're budgeting right now the base bid to be just shy of that of 145 million. So you have a project that's on budget. Moving forward, we have a series of alternates. Alternates are items that are not excluded from the bid, but Carl and his team will be designing those alternates. We will bid those alternates on bid day, and then on bid day, we'll know what each, each of those individual alternates cost. And we did that purposely because we wanted to bid it out at the building at one time so we knew the total impact of all the alternates for the entire project and not piecemeal with multiple bid packages. So that was a strategy we used not only for ease of bidding, but also for later on if there's any discussions with the state for additional funding. So we felt that was the best strategy to move forward on that. So you have the budget uh, there in front of you. You have the, uh, the individual alternates. We've gone back and forth with the executive team on those uh, over the past several months and decided that this was the best uh, foot forward for these alternates. So we have that. In terms of schedule, we have uh, tonight's a big night. Tonight would be approval of the schematic design, and that's an important piece because it keeps our schedule moving forward. It allows Carl and his team to get to get in front of the uh, the state with the with the schematic design with your approval, and then we can maintain our schedule as you see in your board docs this evening. So moving forward, you will then move into design development and, and then construction documents. Those are the three key elements of a project. So after tonight, we would then work with Carl for the design development. Come back to you. Uh, let's see, that's in actually in February. There'll be multiple meetings in between then. And then the final construction documents um, will be in August of next year. Now we've broken it down into two bid packages. Uh, bid pack A will be site work. That's inclusive of all the, all the uh, items around the building that are needed to support the building as far as site work and prepare the building pad with foundations. And then bid pack B, that would go out in uh, May of next year. And then bid pack B, which is the main building, stadium and auditorium, would be bid in August, uh, right about this time next year, so about a year from now. And the completion date is the end of August of 2025. Seems like a long way away, but it, uh, <laughs> in our world it isn't. It, 
It, uh, it's a very large building and uh, we feel comfortable with the schedule and with the design team's progress on that. So this is a schedule that we believe works uh, for a couple of reasons. One is we finish early in the spring uh, and there's multiple moves for a number of schools coming into the existing Sussex High School to become a middle school. And there's also a lot of logistics of just moving the students, furniture, um, and, and all of those logistics that go with, in with that. So we feel it's a very conservative and realistic schedule, and we wanted to make sure that we included that in your board docs this evening so you have a chance to review it. And if there's any questions on that, please let me know and I'd be happy to answer them. Okay, first, thank you for the detailed explanation. You guys have been wonderful at the Buildings and Grounds meeting coming out, um, guiding us through this process, because those of us with Buildings and Grounds have seen this before. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, had the prices not gone up the way they are, a lot of the optional alternates would have been more or less included? Yes, that's accurate. That's okay, correct. so the increases in price since this virus has hit us um, have basically, if we don't get extra money from the state, would preclude us from doing some of the things that we had told the public that we were going to do. Is that about that, right? That's, that's about right, yes. Okay, so anybody out there that's listening, please um, help us out by getting the money that we need. This is not our fault. We planned well for it. We had it laid out and unforeseen items uh, you know, could to some degree derail this and we're gonna need your support as actually are the other districts out there who are in similar situations. It's not just Indian River. Um, you know, They're gonna need the public support to play catch up at this point. Otherwise, four or five years from now, we'll be going through all this again, having to fix it again, okay? Mm -hmm. And having said that, I would certainly like to recommend that we support uh, what they're asking for today and make a motion to that effect. I appreciate your motion, Doc, but I think there's more discussion to be had. <clears throat> I okay. find <clears throat> outstanding work with the, with the groups we're working with. However, I'm, I'm appalled by this. We, we passed a referendum mm -hmm. to build a new high school, did a certificate of necessity, it was approved, and now we are 20 to $21 million under budget to move forward at this point in time. At, at no fault of ours or no fault of, of theirs, just timing. And also looking at some of the, uh, and I'm, I'm, maybe I can't articulate this clear enough, but in the past there's percentages that are put in annually to help with the fluctuation of costs. And with our package that we put forward, those were kind of cut to nothing. In the past, they've been like 5% each year until the building is completed. And someone's infinite design, they've taken us to like zero, zero and three. So yeah, there's but nothing built into this project. We are behind the, the we are. We're, we're behind right now. Our, our purse isn't big enough to build the school, and we're very early on. And we're not. We're not trying to build something grandiose or nicer or bigger. Or hey, we're going to. Ours is bigger than Cape and Lopen or Dover. We're building for what we need for our students. That was passed by the public for a referendum, and we're into it this far, and we don't have enough money from the state. I agree. Um, however. If we don't move forward with what we have now, it simply delays things. I think we have to move forward with the idea um, that the pressure on the state is going to have to be to catch up because this is not our fault. I really feel, um, and I know these fellows do too, that we did our due diligence. We did the proper planning. Um, normally there is a cost escalation factor which tends to run 5%-ish, okay? And yeah, I don't care how you count it, this is well above 5%. It's something that nobody could have counted on and I think we need to be held harmless by the state for what's happened here. Just for clarity also, there was no schools built in Kenner Sussex County at no cost to the local districts, correct? 
I think that's right. I think it was uh, in Newcastle County, there's a school being built that did not go, need to go to referendum. But in Kenner Sussex, that's not occurred. Am I, I'm going to have to plead. Uh, i got to make a phone call here. Okay. So, Cammie? Derek, can you repeat what you said? I'm sorry. Is there any, any schools that are being built in the state of Delaware that did not require going to a referendum and are solely paid for oh. by the no, state only of Delaware? No, only the special schools. So like the Sussex Consortium, Ennis, those kind of schools. So there's no elementary schools being built in Newcastle County that didn't require a referendum? Oh, there may be. You know what? By an act of the legislature. There was there a was, proposal. There was one school, there was. And I, think it was upstate, I think there's a need for that I school. And I think it was an elementary school. And it's being school. done at no Can cost I'm to pretty sure that is the local correct. district. It was one school. I think so. I would have to check back through the legislative right. session, I'm but I'm pretty think sure there right. was one. It was an elementary. Just hoping a little parity throughout the state. We're getting uh, budgeted for roadways in Del Dot. I think it's awesome. They're looking at Sussex County. I would like for them to also look at the schools being built in Sussex, right. built in Sussex County for some parity. So, yep. thank you for the clarity on that. I I can share that uh, I met with DOE last week in reference to um, our concerns with the funding formula as well as the market pressure. Uh, as myself and two other districts and that are in a similar situation, although our bid does not go out uh, until next year. They're in a little bit uh, a more stressful situation. Their bid process is a little sooner, but we did submit a proposal with the support of uh, our Mr. Dufendock, who we contract with, to support our work. So that's been submitted to the state for consideration for um, the time being and they are aware of our current situation, so we will continue to meet with them to see if any progress is being made to support what we talked about here tonight. Yeah, this is gonna take public to uh, support us and get some letters out there. So, so, Dr. Owens, am I wrong in saying there's both market pressure, but the state also changed their formula mm -hmm. for building schools? That's yeah. correct. So it's like filling up your car with gas and then after you're already filled up, then they change the price on you. Now, what's interesting is the state did the same thing when the new Indian River High School and the original Sussex Central High was built back 2002-3-4 in that we passed a referendum and it was about a month or two later they raised the amount of money that they were giving and we actually had to go back to the state at that time to pick up enough to finish the project as well. And I think that was something the state really should have told us about, that they were leaning in that direction before they allowed us to go to referendum. And we were short maybe six, 10 million. It wasn't a lot back then. I mean, certainly not by today's standards, it was enough. Um, but yeah, this isn't the first time that's happened to us here. That's going back 20 odd years, okay? Thanks, Doc. Any further discussion? Well, just, just to be clear for anybody out there, the formula that I mentioned, Dr. Owens also mentioned, is the state's formula of the cost per student mm -hmm. per square foot to build. Mm -hmm. I believe that's correct. And they, um, and, they increased, and they increased it after we already passed a referendum based on the old number. And then you have market pressure included with that. Yeah, I think the old one with the old Indian River, we were at about $150 a square foot, plus or minus and they raised it to something on the order of 167 to 70. And that's a pretty big increase, you know, square dollar-wise, and it did definitely put us behind the eight ball, okay? Just like this one is, is basically behind the eight ball as well. Okay. So, 
Dr. Heidegger's put forth a motion to approve the architectural schematic design. Do we have a second? I second. Ms. Moses. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? This would include the alternates that are out there too, am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the alternates need to be planned for, yeah. no, it's to go forward with the, the uh, calculation of what it's going to cost. And this was something we discussed at Buildings and Grounds uh, last time. I think we need to go ahead with all the estimates right away and have it so that we know what we're going to be facing to complete the project as it was intended to be completed when we went with uh, our referendum a while back. If you put those off and you try to do them in two or three years, the cost is going to be even that much higher. So we really need those estimates right now. That, so this does include the alternate? Oh, it does yes. include the estimates on what it would cost, so at least we know what we need to go to the state with. And personally, I'd like to get the full $21 million. It's never going to be cheaper than it is right oh, now. Oh, no. It, not with the way things work. It'll never be cheaper. No. Mr. Booth, the way he's phrased his motion, is that going to cover what we need to get done this evening? As long as it covers everything on the one page with the alternates mm -hmm. and the funding of, mm -hmm. the, of the school, uh, will all be designed, and that will cover it. Thank you for the clarity. There's been a motion made and seconded. I second. have a question before. We had the conversation the other night, but we're only approving based on what we have for budget now. Am I correct? Because it is not including all of those alternates that are on there that are going to one through ten it's based on the budget of what we have up there that you presented without those different ones am i correct because when we discussed this in the buildings and grand meeting that night you said we could make a motion to approve something that was already over budget so we had to stay within our budget meaning we're going with the top line of what your budget is, not your other alternates, not including the science wing and the auditorium renovation and the auxiliary gym and all that, correct? Correct. You're approving the budget that gets you, that you're, you're approving us to design these alternates, but currently they are not part of the school as it is because you, know, you just don't have the money. As uh, Mr. Layfield said, you can't build what you don't have. So as of now, you can't afford it, but the hope is that we design it, we bid it, right? Either because of a good bid day or because of additional money from the state, you can you'll 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 have it designed and you can build it. So, but we don't want to promise you that that's something that is not within your budget right now. So, I think the the request is that let us design it and let us move it into the next phase. Yeah, this is just for the design part. We're not yeah. committing to build it at yeah. this time. We're just committing to design it um, as it needs to be designed, yeah. and it identifies. Correct. The alternate, okay. basically. Doesn't Correct. approve right. the alternate so goal, but it identifies, it identifies those. Yes. Right. We're approving the base, the base budget. Yeah, yes. I don't want to do well that tonight and somebody sees that on the screen with everything. all those alternates saying that another 12, 15, 20 million dollars that has been approved for it, but it's not. It's just our basic. Yes. Okay. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you, Conley, for your presentation. Thank you all. Thank you guys for the good work. Thank you. Appreciate that uh, vote. And I, w I was going to add one thing, but I saw, saw it going our way. The Howard T. Ennis building that we bid out and are currently constructing was bid out with alternates. And we accepted uh, all but one. All but one. And the one that we did not accept was in conflict with one of the alternates that we took. So it's not unusual uh, to move forward like this. 
okay? Uh, we, ha we have to have the alternates drawn, have to have them bid, and then we see where we lie with the budget while we're working on getting extra money. So appreciate it. And we'll go from uh, this to the design phase. The design phase uh, actually goes out to state, state uh, uh, departments, uh, fire marshal, uh, DFM, et cetera. And then, um, uh, and then we'll be ready for construction documents once those uh, comments are added and then, uh, and then they'll go out to bed. Okay. Thanks, sir. 5.07, Sevenville Middle School Greenhouse and Garden Request. Yes, yes uh, uh, if I could have Mr. Booth, you can go through that. And I know Mr. McCready's is here uh, this evening if we have any specific questions for him. All right, presented at the Buildings and Grounds Committee was a request to have a greenhouse and a garden built to supplement their new agricultural science program. Uh, this project will consist of a garden, a greenhouse, and a shed. The cost for construction will come from the school's 509 funds. And I'm sure, like Dr. Owen said, Mr. McCree would be glad to answer any questions. And we, seek, we, we are supportive of a motion to uh, accept these projects. Is there a motion to accept? Motion. motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? Just one. We, did we not, Dr. Hedio? Yes, we did. What they proposed when they, sorry about that. What the, when they proposed this, they were going to get a 10 by 10 shed for like 2,400. And um, first off, 10 by 10 is too small. And second, for 2,400 and a bunch of people, we can build a bigger shed than that. So the one thing that I did ask is that they look into, you here? Yep, there you are. I asked that uh, Jason look into uh, a bigger shed where he could put it because again they do have a space issue over there um, and something bigger than 10 by 10. It may sound big but it ain't going to cut it. Okay, thank you Mr. McCready's. That was a great suggestion uh, and I have spoken with Mr. Williams and we are going to um, get him some dimensions uh, for his um, students to develop a uh, supply list. and. Um, we can work into their schedule. They're going to put it on their um, um, agenda of things to build. We don't, have the, like we don't have the size yet. 12 by 16, you know, 14 by 20, um, something big enough to get some equipment into, um, and then, you know, basically add some electricity. But with that in mind, I think we should support this. I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. And thank you for, for looking into it. Yeah, and thank you. And it's, we just need it small enough so we can transport it. So. The shed? Yeah. Well, you can do that. There's companies that move 12 by 20s all the time. Right. So, so that's it. Okay. Should we be separating this building from the proposal now, or it's a different cost? Than it? Well, I think the cost is going to actually be about the same from what I know about lumber. Um, I mean, if you want to separate it, you can, but I think it, I don't know, I'd, I'd support it the way it is. Cost would probably be the difference between the two sheds would probably be insignificant. Yep. Okay. Is there is there a motion? I'll make a motion. As stated. With the larger shed. With the larger shed. Second. Motion made and seconded. Mr. Booth, are you okay with us going forward with the uh, larger shed, even though the cost is going to be? A yep. slight bit more? Yes, sir. Okay, motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote.
5.08, Town of Millsboro Spray Irrigation Request for the new Sussex Central High School. Good. Representatives uh, of the Town of Millsboro presented a proposal to the Buildings and Grounds September meeting. Uh, they proposed to use reclaimed water, water excuse me, for irrigation purposes on Indian River School properties. It will include Ingle Pond, uh, the Sussex Central property, and the Howard T. Ennis property across the street from Sussex Central. Uh, the practice has been in use in Millsburg Middle, and they would request expansion to these properties that I just mentioned. If approved for consideration, they will work on the layout and the contractual obligations. Members of their committee were not available uh, to be here tonight. Um, in your board docs is a presentation that they did make to the Buildings and Grounds uh, Committee, and also it included the 2012 agreement uh, that was signed for, for Millsburg Middle. Uh, the proposal was listed as a discussion item for tonight, um, and uh, I don't know if I can answer any of these questions, but I'll be glad to try. It was at the Millsboro project was at no cost to us. No, no cost to put in. Uh, any of the repairs uh, actually come from the Indian River School District. Have we had a lot of repairs required at the Millsboro complex? Mainly just hits. The hits go bad. Okay. I, I, I thought I recalled they had to use our property to to get across the town of Millsboro, and that's why it was uh, at no cost. What kind of cost sharing are we looking at for the new Millsboro? Out of the Sussex Central High School and Howard Tiana. Yes, I'm not really sure. I think that was one of the areas that they really didn't cover at the last committee. Okay. Uh, nor had they designed it, nor do they have, um, they'd like to see the board's interest uh, before they go down the road to design. They do have an uh, engineer uh, that works for the town of Millsboro, uh -huh. uh, and uh, she couldn't be here tonight. Okay. Uh, but maybe we'll learn more uh, once I get your questions and, uh, and have them prepared to answer them. I'd like to partnership with the town of Millsboro, and I just hope the town, if, if that's my, to my recollection, there was some need for the town of Millsboro to bring it across the middle school, and that's why we, there yeah, was no cost. The, so. the agreement was 2012, I believe, in, in your documents. Now, okay. what, is, what has changed, and it's been the district uh, uh, administration's uh, procedure is to get a proposal from them and then run it through our uh, legal counsel as well. So I'm not sure what all would change 10 years later, uh, but they wanted, they are trying to gauge the board's interest in doing this. When they design it, then they can start developing uh, a contract that uh, we could take a look at and have reviewed. No action required by the board, but I'm, I'm in favor of looking into it. Is there any discussion from other board members about the town? I think it's something we're, we're interested in moving forward with, with the town for discussion. We will probably um, have, um, it'll probably be a shorter discussion than the presentation that took place uh, this month at Buildings and Grounds. Well, we'll probably invite them to Buildings and Grounds Committee and, uh, and have it uh, possibly teed up for board action at uh, next month's meeting. Thank you. Any further questions? Hearing and, none. And excuse me, Mr. President, but 
it's such a large document and proposal that they have with three different sites. So if you come up with any questions, any board members come up with any questions after taking this home or reading it or going through it, if you have any questions, if you could filter them through Buildings and Grounds office, um, we'll be sure to get it to the town of Millsburg so that they come prepared to be able to answer the questions. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Understood, sir. Thank you. 5.09, that's the Central High School girls basketball uniforms. Yes, thank you. Within your board docs are uh, the uniforms in question, as well as costs associated with those uniforms. Upon review, they do meet our uh, color schemes, and they do include the American flag, which we have uh, tried to include in uh, approval of uniforms here in the last several months. This does require board action. We had looked at these and they, they look correct. They had everything properly done and planned for, so I will make a motion that we accept. Second. Motion we'll made it. and seconded. Is there any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 510, retired teacher substitute pay. Yes, uh, as Mrs. Bunting approaches, this is something we've looked into, and she has a proposal that is available within your board docs. Good evening again. Um, I'm asking that the board approve an increased rate for long-term substitute pay for our retired teachers. Our retired teachers are a great asset. When they decide to substitute with us, they can walk in a classroom, they can pick up, they can continue, and we need all the subs we can get right now so we are asking that the board approve a rate of two hundred dollars a day for a retired teacher to substitute we had discussed this in the, the finance section and feel that it's a worthwhile proposal because as mrs bunting has stated those people know our procedures they're coming in they're ready to go um, they're already highly qualified teachers and uh, frankly, we do need them right now. Everybody knows there's a shortage of everything at the moment. And if we can get those folks back in to help us out, I think it's a win for everybody. So I'll make a motion. We accept that. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. 511, tax relief requests. Is there a motion to approve tax relief request number one? So moved. A second. There's a motion to approve. Second. Is there a second? Motion made seconded. Any further discussion with tax relief request number one? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Aye. Mrs. Troublefield, will you please poll the board? Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? No. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Seven yes, two no, zero abstentions. Passes by majority vote. 
Is there a motion to move forward with tax relief request number two? No motion for tax relief number two. I'll not be taking it to a vote. Any questions with the tax relief request tonight? Hearing none, 512-2021-2022, Indian River School District Organizational Plan. Yes, thank you. As per uh, board policy, we do need to uh, review and take action on the Indian River School District Organizational Plan. It is uh, attached in your board docs um, and laid out for you. And again, that would require board action. This is uh, annually reviewed. Questions with the organizational chart? This is an action item, so is there a motion to approve? Motion to approve the organizational chart as presented. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 513, National School Lunch Week Resolution, October 11th through October 15th. Yes, if Mr. Toomey could approach the podium. Good evening. Please, sir. The proclamation reads as follows. Whereas the Indian River School District Board of Education wishes to recognize the significant contribution of the National School Lunch Program, and whereas the National School Lunch Program makes our children healthier, stronger, and better able to concentrate on their studies. And whereas more than 7,700 Indian River students choose a school lunch every day, guaranteeing them a sound, well-balanced meal. And whereas the School Nutrition Association has coordinated activities to increase public understanding of how the National School Lunch Program benefits the child, the home, the farm, industry, and the nation. Now, therefore, we the Indian River District School Board of Education do hereby declare the week of October 11th through the 15th, 2021 as School Lunch Week and the month of October 2021 as School Lunch Month in the Indian River School District and appreciate how the program contributes to the health, vigor, and prosperity of our district. Signed by Board of Education President Mr. Rodney M. Layfield. Thank you, sir. Got action item, so we need to take a vote. Would you like forward. action on this, Mr. Toomey? I think it says so on the agenda. Yes, sir. Motion Is there a motion to, to accept? Motion to approve. Second. Motion to approve. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Thank you, Mr. Toomey. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Toomey, for all the work you've done the last year and a half getting these meals out. Well done. 514, National School Bus Safety Week Resolution, October 18th through the 22nd. Mr. Tidwell. How are we doing? Evening. School Bus Safety Week Resolution. Whereas the Indian River School District Board of Education wishes to recognize the importance of school bus safety, and whereas the National Association for Pupil Transportation has petitioned every state and union to proclaim a school bus safety week, and whereas National School Bus Safety Week observance seeks to emphasize the need for increased care when near a school bus and to focus public attention on the important 
pupil transportation plays, the importance of pupil transportation plays in the total education program, and whereas the Indian River School District will be emphasizing pupil awareness of school bus riding techniques, loading, and unloading laws through the major media sources, school bus standards for school buses, and expanding school bus driver training to protect our pupils during the 2021-22 school year, and whereas the Indian River School District is transporting approximately 9,800 students daily on school buses, and whereas since the safety of our students cannot be overemphasized and the outstanding record set by the pupil transportation system of the Indian River School District should be recognized. Now, therefore, we, the Indian River School District Board of Education, do hereby declare the week of October 18th through the 22nd, 2021 as School Bus Safety Week in the Indian River School District and urge all citizens to support the district's program, programs of school bus safety. Undersigned, Rodney Lefield. Is there a motion to approve? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. Thank you, Mr. Thank Tidwell. You. Old business, 6.01, major capital planning. Yes, thank you. Earlier this evening, the board took action on the schematic design for the new Sussex Central High School. Approval of the design will allow our team to move forward with the design development phase of the project. This phase will allow for team members from Sussex Central High School as well as district departments to again come together to provide input on the design of various areas of our new school. This will span over three weeks starting tomorrow the 28th. We will also move forward with a more detailed work, uh, the more detailed work of the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing, which will ultimately require state submission and approval. Also earlier, we heard from DelDOT Deputy Secretary Hastings, our engineer Davis Bowen and Fredell produced data to DelDOT regarding traffic counts and trip distributions, which DelDOT approved on September 13th with few changes. The next steps will be the preliminary traffic impact study as we discussed tonight, and if all goes well, we can expect a draft traffic impact study letter from DelDOT by the end of the year. This will help with the site plan uh, and documentation uh, to move forward. Any questions? This is a discussion item. 6.02, Howard Tienis. Sir? Thank you. Work continues on the next bid packet dealing with the remaining IT and security elements of the new Howard Tienis High School. The slabs have been poured and the therapy pool had to be resubmitted to state for minor issues. Roofing material uh, availability has been a concern. And September, 20, and September 23rd, we learned that deliveries have been pushed back a month. This may affect substantial completion date and the new schedule being worked out for our new Howard TNS school. Uh, no word yet from the state on market pressure fund relief that has been submitted for this project. We have a date for, public, for a, a public event scheduled for October 13th for the last beam to be placed. We need to confirm that that date will work and then we will have a uh, public event uh, with the last beam being placed. That will be a signing ceremony and I'll provide information to the board so you may attend if you're available. Lastly, I want to inform the board of our discussion during our most recent Buildings and Grounds Committee meetings regarding the approval allowance authorization number one expenditures of $124,499.64 to gull wing for undercutting footings and backfilling our soil with material and stone as approved by our compact and soil expert, CTA. 
This is taken from the line from the unforeseen conditions. It is explained in more detail in the committee minutes from September 13th. Any questions with Howard Deanna? Uh, discussion of the roofing material pushing us back a month. We were, last update I had was 2020, May of 2022. We're at risk of missing that deadline. That's correct. They're going to, they're working on the schedule and give us a, a substantial completion date, hopefully next month. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 6.03 GW Carver consent update, ma'am. Hello, everybody. Good evening. All summer programming reporting for former Carver students has been submitted to Dr. Linda Wren, the special master who oversees the Carver consent order for final review. The data looks really, really good for our students. So hats off to all of our teachers and related service specialists and paraprofessionals that work this summer to recover services because the data looks really good. Um, our first Indian River School District Community Advisory Board meeting for this school year is scheduled for Tuesday, October 5th from 4.30 to 6.30 at Millsboro Middle School. And we will kick off our Equity Steering Committee, which is our internal stakeholder group of teachers, paras, secretaries, bus drivers, nutrition service workers across the district. Um, in October, Mrs. Nika Reed, the new supervisor of support services, will be acting as my co-facilitator for this work. And additional chairs of the committee include Mrs. Karen Blannard, Mrs. Melissa Kansak, Dr. David Carter, and Dr. Katrina Anthony. Any questions? Thank you for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Committee reports, 7.01, building and grounds. Um, we had a very busy buildings and grounds meeting, as we always do. Um, many of the things have already been covered, but our last beam signing uh, is coming up late September, early October. How are we doing on that, Joe? At Anna's. I'm sorry? October 13th. Okay, good. All right. We had a discussion on the central water system at Sussex Central and the new Sussex Central being taken over by Artesian. What's the status on that right now? Okay, so we don't need to vote on this yet. In any event, they came up with a good proposal that would actually save the district some money and somebody else would take responsibility for the water. So when it does come up, I'm gonna certainly suggest that we accept the recommendation. Um, natural gas conversion, finished? Uh, begins this week, should be done. Uh, okay. Uh, building and ground support center, it's going very well there. Mr. DiGirolamo gave us an update on that. Chillers are fixed at IRHS. Um, GMS and JMC uh, stands. There's still a couple sections that needed to be removed and they should be gone by now. So as far as safety hazard stuff, that's been taken care of. Um, we do have an item E, which I think is gonna require board action. Would you like to explain that one for us, please, Joe? Okay, so it's coming up, good. Alrighty. And bleacher purposes, we are looking at a couple bleachers. Uh, portable bleachers to be replaced, the demolished ones. And right now we're looking into some prices on that. We didn't buy, uh, really come up with anything in specific. Uh, we did have a nice surprise at the last meeting. I'd like to thank Mrs. Moses for uh, sending us some wonderful fruit, properly healthy stuff, which normally I don't eat, but that was actually very, very pleasant and everybody enjoyed themselves. Thank you, Mrs. Moses. You're most welcome. And that's my report. Question with the bleachers. Mm-hmm. We were going with three row, 21 foot length to replace the bleachers at the school. And I do understand that a lot of parents show up with chairs to stand along the side of the field. Um, 
I, just a personal preference. I don't know if it was discussed or if we're going with economic decisions or not, but I, I three three rows of seating doesn't get people up high enough to see. I, I five or six rows up allows for a little bit of height. I just don't know. Are we looking at too big a cost to do something like that? I've been to a couple complexes where they've got that seating, and I didn't find it to be very beneficial at all. You could seat more people, but I don't think you, could, you couldn't see if the team that was playing on the field was directly in front of you, you weren't able to see anything. So I didn't know if within this package we should get some taller bleachers, or if I'm way off base, maybe I'm way off base, but I, traveling around seeing different fields, I appreciated having taller bleachers to see above the team if the soccer team, the field hockey team, or the football team was directly in front of you. Right. It's my understanding that ADA requirements will come in at anything uh, four rows or higher. Okay. And that's a consideration. And the cost uh, factor goes up considerable. The idea behind the three-row bleachers was the weight of the aluminum bleachers and how they would be portable to be able to move them to other venues around uh, the school facilities. So for example, they could move them over to the baseball field or a hockey field mm -hmm. or you know, get more use out of them. Uh, I agree with you about the height, but I think it was uh, probably the cost uh, factor that we were looking at and, uh, and, the, and the ADA uh, compliance issue. Thank you, Con. That's a good explanation. I just I, I I like taller ones, but if we can't do it for a cost or ADHA, and hey, I understand. But I, and, mm -hmm. and what we're currently looking at is just for your benefit, they're 21 foot long. They're three row bleachers, and buying four for each middle school um, is what we're looking at. Okay. Uh, each bleacher holds 42, they say, but with social distancing and whatnot. I mean. But that's what they say is 42. Okay. Percent. Thank you for your explanation. I appreciate okay. Thank you. your comment on it, Doc. Okay. 7.02, comprehensive school safety. I just want to update Mr. Layfield. So as of September 1st of this year, all schools within the district have completed the annual school safety infrastructure assessment. Um, the assessment was created to help school staff identify areas on school property which may be of security concern. These assessments are done both to explore the exterior and the interior of the school. So they are done for the year. Thanks, sir. Any questions? Thanks, sir. 7.03, finance. Doc? Give me one second here. Basically, we discussed the uniforms, uh, the ESURF minor cap waiver, which was reviewed during Buildings and Grounds Committee. We didn't really discuss it much further. Um, substitute pay we've talked about. And we're going to be talking about the disabled veterans uh, tax credit, I think, a little bit later on, aren't we, Tammy? Got it. All righty. Uh, we did review the preliminary budget, but I think that's coming up, too. Yep. So actually, she makes it easy here. Um, other than that, we reviewed the financial reports, uh, payroll expenses, and again, that's going to be discussed again. It's a fairly straightforward meeting, and a lot of things will be reviewed in the next couple minutes. So, okay. Thanks, Todd. 7.04 curriculum. Dr. Statler. Thank you. Uh, we have a partnership with the International Society for Technology and Education. Melissa Blyle and Jeff uh, Kilner came to our meeting. They did a really informative presentation um, about the micro courses or trainings that are offered. About 75% of our district teachers have participated in those, and it's really focused in inclusion in our online learning. So. 
um, thank you to those that, that participated in that. And there certainly will be opportunities for other teachers um, to participate in those in the future. Current legislation, I just want to touch for a moment about House Bill 198, which is our black history education for uh, K through 12 uh, grade students. We hope to have more information in November. Uh, during the months of September and October, we are collecting a lot of data in the district that will help us to understand what we're uh, currently teaching at what grade levels and the depth of what we're teaching. Um, we are told by DOE that we will have a list of some information forthcoming. We're waiting on that. Just so that everyone knows, fall of 2022 is when the implementation is planned for this. So uh, we're cer certainly well ahead of it and a lot of meetings and robust conversations will be happening um, in the next year. Uh, I encourage folks to come to our curriculum committee meetings because that really is where a lot of this will be discussed. Um, so we hope to see uh, participation there as well. And then for special education, we are continuing to look for school psychologists. Uh, we have done, I think, some really uh, out-of-the-box thinking. We have a virtual school psych psychologist this year that's working at a, a few of our northern buildings. And so thank you to Dr. Brittingham and her team um, for coming up with that suggestion. That's been really helpful for us because we, again, continue to look for these folks um, and certainly need them. Questions? Thank you, Dr. Schattler. Thank you. 7.05, DSBA Board of Directors. Ms. Liaga? Yes, we had a meeting, <coughs> excuse me, in Dover the beginning of September. Just basically went over some of the items that were going on in board meetings with masks and those issues. And one other thing that we had that we'll be discussing and taking action on later is this disabled veterans school property tax credit that the uh, legislature has uh, put in place and the mind-boggling eye-opening thing was they gave an overview of the cost for uh, if you hear about sometimes that the district gets written up for things that are not being followed in IEPs and there was this very, very proactive law firm throughout the state of Delaware that jumped on board. It's mind-boggling that there's millions of dollars that is spent every year for this, but the majority of that money goes to that firm. It does not go to the, the child or the family. You might hear where the family was awarded $50,000 for uh, violations that was in the IEP, but when it comes down to it in the end, probably less than maybe $5,500 of that is actually spent for their learning. Um, basically, that's no fault of the districts. That's just because that's what's offered for them. And I do want to commend our staff. I think they've been very, very proactive. When there's been an issue, they have looked into it and tried to resolve it. And one of the presenters for at the meeting the other night said, it would be very nice if, in fact, the parent was able to talk to someone in the district before this renowned law firm got a hold of them because a lot of times it could re be resolved and it, would be too, it wouldn't be a cost to that. So they are going to look into it. And again, I commend our staff and thank you for a job well done. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that the law firm is probably getting their payment right up front. The rest of the money sits there. 
and the parent either doesn't know how to spend it or doesn't avail themselves of it. Is that about right? In other That's words, right. the kid loses like regardless. Five bullets that you take care of, and a lot of the districts don't want to go up against them because you have to win all five. And I guess they're good enough that they're going to win one of them, and if they win one, they got to be paid anyway. So it looks, you know, parents get excited when they say, oh, I have $50,000 that I can use for my child's education. But when the criteria comes down for what you can use that $50,000 for, it's minimal. Really? Okay. Thank you. Any more questions? 7.06, the SBA legislative. Doc? Uh, we're going to have a meeting in a couple weeks. It's going to be Wednesday. I think it's October the 6th, and uh, I plan to be there. Any questions? Thanks, sir. 7.07, .07, Special Education Task Force. Dr. Statler? Special Education Week uh, will be celebrated the week of October 25th. Uh, as many of us are already aware, the state of Delaware has designated the month of October as our Disability History and Awareness Month. Uh, this month, also, our elementary principals will be presented with a book for classroom readings. We've done this for a number of years. Our task force chose the book, The Big Umbrella, which has a message of inclusion and kindness. So thank you to Jenna Truitt. She helped us quite a bit um, in selecting this. Middle schools will be selecting some classes to help with creating our bulletin boards that, again, promote that same theme um, of disability awareness and inclusion. High schools have done a successful campaign in the past with our post-it notes, um, and we'll continue those this year. Howard Tianis will do their door decorating, which we always really enjoy going there um, because they have certainly creative displays. Uh, it's fun to see the students participate in that. All of our buildings will provide announcements during the week uh, to students about disability topics. Uh, on October 26th, the task force is joining the parent council group for a combined meet and greet. This is similar to the focus group meetings that we've uh, held in the, in the past. And it really is an opportunity for parents and families and anyone to come out to talk with some of our district officials about special education, provide us feedback, suggestions, et cetera. Um, so those have been well attended and we hope, hope to have the same this year. And finally, we'll celebrate our selection of our new special education ambassadors at our October meeting. This is always a highlight for us. Um, so we certainly want to thank everybody that's working hard to make this week a success. Thank you. Any questions? Thank you, ma'am. 7.08 policy. Chief? Good evening. Uh, we met back on September 13th. Um, Tonight we are bringing up for a first reading a projected change to our student fundraising policy. The change to this policy is the deletion of the prohibition on food trucks. Um, during some of our fundraising events, um, there's, we've been asked if they could bring or allow food trucks to, to come onto our facilities to sell food, which would raise funds for the students. Um, as the policy was written, that was prohibited. So we're looking at allowing food trucks to be allowed on our ground for fundraising events. Um, as a second reading, we're bringing back up our athletic policy. And the changes to this are bringing us in line with the current DIAA regulations under Title 14 of Delaware Code. Um, there's a little bit of change, but there is a hyperlink to the DIA handbook. So parents would be able to go straight to this policy and actually bring up the DIA handbook. 
and I would make a motion that we approve this as presented as a second reading as it was already presented last month. Motion made. Is there a second? Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Anything else? We also have two policies under review. Uh, one, the uh, policy KG community use of facilities. This kind of ties in to the food truck. Um, when we uh, allow the use of our facilities by outside entities, um, are we are we not going to allow them to bring food trucks on? So that I would ask for any uh, input or concerns or comments you would have to, to direct those back to us, back to the policy committee, so we could take a look at that. The other being a change, possible change to um, policy BD or school board meetings, um, possible addition to allow the inclusion of virtual school board meetings. Um, and reasonable accommodations to members that would have a disability. Um, so they could remote in or zoom in, but there are some issues that will come with allowing that to happen also. So um, if you would take a look at those and we will discuss those both further at our next meeting on October 11th. Any questions? Hearing none, thanks Chief. 7.09 IREA rep. Good evening. I'm Suzanne Timmons. I'm representing the IREA tonight. I'm also the um, VP of the Secretary Unit. Uh, a couple things we have. The COVID leave. IREA is pleased that the district will participate in the state's COVID leave program. This will benefit all of the staff tremendously. MOUs. The membership approved the MOUs for adjusting the start time at Indian River High School. Sussex Central and Philip Shell. The membership also approved the MOUs for adding time to be used in the event of inclement weather. Custodial training. IREA and IR Chief Custodial Association have been working with Celeste Bunny to, the, to, de, to develop a training program for both chief custodians and custodians who would like to apply for chief positions in the future. The first training will be held on October the 8th. And lastly, reopeners for negotiations. IREA is looking forward to reopening negotiations with the district later in the fall for the purpose of discussing salary and benefits. Thank you. Superintendent's report. Thank you. Uh, within your board docs is a comprehensive list of my activities over the course of September and uh, a small portion of August. One thing I would like to highlight this evening is last week I was able to join uh, Principal Bauer and Mrs. Blannard as we congratulated the SDSA staff on being named a 2021 Blue Ribbon School. So that's a tremendous accomplishment. They will receive uh, recognition in Washington, D.C. in November. And uh, I was honored to be a part of that faculty meeting where we uh, were able to congratulate those staff members on a job well done and uh, receiving this unbelievable honor. Thanks, sir. 8.02, district calendar changes? Yes. Uh, you'll see here we have a couple changes. The addition of Sussex Central High School winter concert on December 13th, 2021 at 7 p.m. and the cancellation of the North Georgetown Elementary Make a Difference Day yard sale on October 23rd, 
2021, and we would ask for uh, board motion on those. Motion to approve. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Financial reports, 9.01, ma'am. Good evening. Um, the August 31st reports are in board docs. We were 17% of the way through the fiscal year. Received 93 million in total revenue, 6.5 in discretionary revenue, um, and 832,000 in local tax revenue. We received zero percent or zero dollars in interest in August. The state rate continues to be zero percent. Um, we spent 33.7 million in total expenses, 12.5 million in discretionary expenses, and ILC programs have spent 268,000. Howard T. Ennis spent 2.3 million of their budget. For part two, our student activity funding balance is approximately 524,000. For ESSERF 1, we received 2.9 million. We have 24,000 encumbered, spent 2.8, and we have a slight negative balance in that account as we need to recode funds that had to be recoded or had to be coded to ESSERF 1 while we were waiting for ESSERF 2 and 3 funding to be made available. ESSERF 2 funding, we received 13.1 million, have 992,000 encumbered, have spent 6.4 million, and have 5.7 remaining. SRF 3, we received the bulk of, or the balance of the funding of 29.5 million on September 2nd. Um, so you will not see that in those reports um, since they are dated August 31st. Um, but DOE um, approved our budget in late August. We have 27.9 million in federal funds available and are holding approximately 1 million in donations and student activities and internal accounts. I got a quick question. Maybe this is the right place, but the, the ESERF money that we're getting, is some of that eligible to be used for our teachers, support staff, and others who have to work extra hours to play catch up? We have used some of the funds for that, yes. So it is okay. Mm -hmm. All right, yep. thank you. Because I know a lot of our teachers are working many long extra hours, and I don't know if all of them are aware of it that they are eligible for it, but it would be nice to recognize, you know, what they're doing, you know, certainly. Thank you. You're welcome. Is there a motion to accept the financial summaries for August 31st? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Major cap. Major cap. Um, we paid out $3.4 in August. Okay. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? Major Cap? All in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Minor Cap. For Minor Cap, we've spent approximately $2.7 2 and have about 577000 left. We have not yet received the 2022 funds. We will receive that after we get the bulk of our local tax collections next month. Motion to accept Minor Cap. So moved. So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 9.04, ESRF uh, minor cap waiver. Yes, sir. this is what uh, Dr. Hattier referred to a little bit earlier. In your board docs is a completed waiver form discussed at committee. Uh, yes. That requires the president of the board uh, to sign. 
the waiver is for spending ESERF money or funds that are required to follow the minor cap guidelines. Basically, this request is for BAS upgrades that exceed $750,000, which is the minor cap spending ceiling. Um, a motion is needed uh, to allow the board president to sign the waiver, and it should be in your board docs. Um, in specific, this is going to work towards our cooling towers and a couple other things, so I'm going to make a motion we accept. This is BAS. You'll probably be getting another one for cooling towers. No, oh, separate. Oh, wait, yeah. Anyway, they're coming up, so either way. Yeah. There's a motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. I just wanted to thank Ms. Smith. She's the one that filled out the document, so appreciate <laughs> it. 9.05, Disabled Veterans School Property Tax Credit. Okay, last legislative sessions, um, the legislature, and then it was signed by the governor, passed a bill to collect a Disabled Veterans Property Tax Credit. That would be 100% credit on the local school district tax, similar to the um, senior property tax credit that happens now. Um, there will be an application process, but what we are looking for tonight is if the board chooses to have this credit, um, we're looking for board approval so we can get that information to the state so they can get the information to the counties and the counties have until next um, property tax collection time, you know, um, August timeframe to get the systems updated to allow this credit to go forward. Is there a motion to accept? Accept. Motion. motion made. Second. Any further discussion? I do have a question. Sure. How are we going to get that information out to the disabled veterans? If there's a tax credit out there, I'd like to take it to their doorstep to make them available, uh, readily available to them. Yeah, I think we can advertise that through our district means, um, okay. phone calls, social media, all of those things. Uh, for the senior property tax credit, I get a lot of calls about that. If people are eligible, how they sign up. If they don't have internet access, we've mailed them the applications. So that's certainly not a problem. That's good that the seniors get that opportunity, but I want to place it on the doorstep of our disabled veterans. They've given up a lot for this country. Yes. Motion made and seconded. Uh, any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 9.06, preliminary budget proposal, fiscal year 22 in New River School District. Yes, in your board docs, you have the preliminary budget proposal. Um, the assumption is that the give back will be structured similar to prior years as far as staffing versus cash. We are budgeting all revenues, so there's not much of a contingency. Um, but we think right now the carryover is sufficient. It's just something that we're going to have to monitor going forward. Um, I'll just give you some highlights. Total revenue, we are looking at $230 million budget. That includes major cap, as well as the balance of the ESSERF 3 money that we were due this fiscal year. Some additions to the budget that we haven't had previously are nutrition services and adult education. Those weren't included in the budget previously, so they're included now, so we have a, a good picture. That makes our discretionary revenues um, 52 million. One of the changes there, I took out our ESCO bond payments were being double counted between the revenues and the expenses, so that was cleaned up. Um, and the other local revenue category may look a little strange. That is the new playground at Phillips Shaw through the Lowe's grant. 
for expenditure budget, um, it's $229.8 million. I have broken out the state and local salaries that wasn't done previously. It was lumped together, but that'll give us a better picture going forward and make that more transparent. And then you'll see the nutrition services and the adult education expense lines there. Discretionary budgets are $38.6 million, um, and the Philip Shaw playground is included there as well. I'm sorry, $52 million. The ILC operating budgets are $2.3 million. I expect those to be revised for final once we get through unit count and have a good picture of where our units are, what we filled, and what we have remaining. And that is all for that. Is there a motion to accept the preliminary budget proposal for fiscal year 2022? Is there a motion so Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? 6.07, preliminary budget proposal for Howard Tiamis, fiscal year 2022. Yes, yeah, same assumption that the give back will be structured as it was in previous years. We're looking at $13.4 million revenue budget, um, and with that, a $13.4 million expenditure budget. Not much change on that budget from prior years. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Communications 10.01, use of facilities. No request at this time. 10.02, field trip request. Again, no request at this time. 11.01, personnel agenda for September the 27th. Is there a motion to accept the personnel agenda? Minus uh, number 172. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Now, uh, the agenda, number 172. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstain. One. Mr. Trophy, will you pull the board, please? Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mrs. Fryer? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Eight yes, zero no, one abstention. Passes by majority vote. 11.02, personnel addendum for September the 27th. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 11.03, contractual agreement for September the 27th. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Second. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Anything come before the board meeting? Public comments? to close the board meeting. Is there any public comment? Hearing none, before we close the board meeting, again, I'd like to thank SDSA, uh, their admin, and their entire staff for being a Blue Ribbon School. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Anything come before the board meeting close? Meeting adjourned.